0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a Saturday edition of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. A couple more Sunday games the rest of the year. Actually, a week from tomorrow as well, and a massive game. They've just announced something for it, and we know how big that game is. We are here on this Saturday to discuss the Murray sweep that was, as well as our next opponent, the lone matchup against the Evansville Purple Aces tomorrow afternoon, in which we will be in attendance for I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch and Noah. This was sweeping. Murray's always nice. We knew kind of who they wouldn't have uh, going into this game, and that was official. They did not have Brian Moore, but we also did not have Clarence Rupert. And you know, they of course don't say anything until right before the game. Clarence, I think, posted something before the game, and then made a post, of course, after the fact, it seemed to be fine. And you know, you can touch on if you want about you uh, know, there, there's just some rumblings about you know what. Clarence is uh, you know, what he could be for us the rest of the year potentially because this was a sickness, but of course not having him, we thought it was going to initially hurt, and at times it would have just for foul trouble reasons, but we got by the other night. Uh, but it definitely came to a shock to us that Clarence wouldn't be playing. Some of these sicknesses seem to just come out of the blue, but we got it done sweeping the racers for the back-to-back seasons. What's going on?
1: Yeah, we knew seeing, seeing if Brian Moore was going to play was going to be a big piece for it because they had to play some – Guards, they usually are usually don't really play, and they stepped up for a little bit for two of those guys that had to play for Brian in his spot. But yeah, Clarence was listed, or they said on the pregame he'd missed because of an illness, and um, now we've now I've heard that he's potentially um, at least out for tomorrow. We're waiting for more to come out that maybe they say, maybe they may not. They just may always oh, out. For again, with another his illness, again, for a second straight game. But um, you've seen it. It's been going around Missouri State, and it just sucks for Clarence because what this guy's been through in the last month is losing family members, and now he's sick and potentially out longer. Yeah, let's hope that he's
0: not, you know, knowing just how important these games are down the stretch, three more important games that, of course, most of them, you know, you would like to win that all hands on deck would be nice even though we've said and we'll talk about just how awesome the bigs have done themselves to uh hold it down for Clarence uh and you know at some point it's kind of like how Kent was for Indiana State in the last game you know they at first at the start of the game played like they did not need him and that's kind of how we were at the start of this game Scotty started and um you know, played well for the most part. We know how tough Ellington is. Ellington ended up having a good game in this one. But, you know, the dogs were kind of, uh, you know, playing easy at the start of the game, kind of just, you know, doing the typical. They were hitting the shots. They were the open shots. Maybe the contested shots. Things were kind of going smoothly with Scotty and Jarrett, aside from, you know, foul trouble in the first half that, um, you know, Jarrett ended up having a little – he had three fouls in the first half in only eight minutes – But, you know, him, Trent and a lot of people had high plus minuses. I mean, heck, we were up by we were up by 12 and we knew and I remember putting on the halftime tweets like, you know, this the, you know, being up by double digits at home, like whatever I called it. It's like you can't obviously have this happen again. How vital this game is. It seemed like them that you mentioned who they did play. Yes, they had uh, Laurent Rice playing this game who impacted at times a uh, true freshman coming in that has played yeah, sporadically throughout the season that, you know, they needed Brian Moore probably as much as we needed Clarence. Like I said, the only reason we needed Clarence was because of the foul trouble. Like I said, we know the paint points were missed and the rebounding for sure. But the other guys held it down, as I said. I mean, no. overall, this is a game that will be discussed in the brighter in the broader scope of Xavier Johnson just wearing down. And it's everything that we've said that he has officially been doing obviously we can you know at halftime what it was and then clearly what it you know we can just mention his his whole game as it is about how he only had one field goal and the whole game didn't have one in the first half uh relied on free throws a little bit or relied on assists too and he didn't he didn't turn it over overly i mean he had three turnovers in the first half ended up with five in the second uh he had more assists than turnovers but they were 9 and 8 respectively um uh, no, again, that's that's what we'll start off with this, I think, because everyone else played well. You can talk about it. I mean, uh, Kennard was amazing. You know, after the 12 points in the second half in the last game, he started really strong in this one, uh, but mainly, and, and Troy, of course, is, you know, playing his best basketball this the season as well. Touch on who, uh, what you liked at the first half, clearly of the, the aforementioned two I just said there, but overall with X, that. You know he's shot hunting way too much. He can, again he can't go left. He's not driving to the rim. People are shutting him off easier. And whether that's injury related still with X or Noah, clearly like we've said, he's he's clearly wearing down. And that's not really what we need here down the stretch of the season. But I think we can count on him at the bitter end when it matters. But he's clearly tired right now.
1: Yeah, definitely wear it down. And there's got other guys wearing down in the valley too. We'll mention that a little bit later, but. Um, I still think you have to find ways to either it's Trey Miller, who I think it should be, or even Sheridan Sharp, find him ways to get him rest here and there. So he's not playing 40 minutes a night. I think it ended up being another 40 minute night for him and Troy. I think Trent sat for one minute. So just three 40 minute nights. And I know our, our depth is not showing there, but yeah, I mean, with their pack line defense and the way they're cutting stuff off that. He's just, he's going to have to take tough shots and, um, he's just wearing down right now to not be able to make those, especially because he's so valuable on the other end, guarding one of the best guards on the other team and he's just wearing down. But yeah, I mean, Troy in that first half, six of eight, three of four from three hitting the open shots, 15 total points. Then Kennard was three of three from the field, six points. Jared Hensley was big as well. Um, 10 bench points in that first half. Um, just really good. AJ was aggressive too. And and Scotty looked good and his first career start um, for Clarence got to play 12 minutes. I mean, that's what Scotty's almost used to playing is around 12, 13 minutes a game and plays in the first half and he does just fine. Um, Loved what I've seen out of him in that first half. And we just, we hit open shots. I mean, five to 10 from three. Um, We we take a lot of threes. I mean, we shot 55% from the field. Um, only got the line four times. They got the line nine times in that first half, but just a really, really good first half and close it out good too. So, um, it was even We a little bit of a slow start. They got four quick points in the first minute. Um, got a quick foul on Scotty. We're like, uh-oh, Scotty going to get in foul trouble with the lack of depth there and have to see a little bit more, maybe small ball of Troy. But we only seen that once and that was late in the game. So, um, it was a good rebound after a little bit of a slow start to develop a lead. And I mean, Troy hitting his open shots. Um, I mean, the shots he's been taking, if he's going to start hitting them and he's hitting them at the right time, this is the team you can be.
0: Exactly. And that's what, I know you said it a couple weeks ago or a couple pods ago about living and dying by the three and never want to do that. You can't be too reliant on that on the road. Like maybe you can, and the crowd was phenomenal in this game, of course. And, feed off it with the crowd and hit those kind of shots. And again, we know how it was, you know, in the second half about, uh, you know, letting off the gas a little bit and not hitting those open shots, not really being clutch offensively. Uh, But overall, I mean, Sean Walker came in for them as well and played, you know, he was playing confident, not saying, you know, that he impacted in any way because we were eyeing other players that maybe weren't dressed for them besides Brian Moore and couldn't really – you know, totally figure who it was. I mean, we didn't even see, we didn't even see Alden Applewhite in this game. We were thinking we thought we saw like Sam Murray who wasn't dressed. Uh, but you know, Shum Walker came in and played defense on X. He made it hard on him as well at times, along with Rice and of course Jacoby uh, and the Quincy. So they were throwing you know four or five bodies on X throughout that. But uh, yeah, you're right. As soon as we saw Scotty get a foul, I was like, oh, here it is. And as you said there, which is what I was going to say, at some point is like. And even what you think you can do tomorrow against Evansville, all depending if clearance doesn't play and things happen, you can play Troy at the five, but it's not overly confident. You know, obviously there were stretches in this game where we had Kennard and AJ playing together again, which was good. Um, And, you know, it can work out. It wasn't like the switchability and the okay times. It was on Robbie when when he wouldn't score. So all those mixing and matching with guys that, you know, of course, yeah, in this game you're only playing seven guys, seven guys deep. And you played it, you know, a talented enough team in Murray, it's almost like you're just asking, you know, just to make it tough on yourself. And as you said at, at earlier, that Trey definitely needs to play. Cause when you're up by 12 and the and the league got consistent, I mean, I want to say it doesn't say exactly what the or the biggest lead we had, I think, was uh 14, which that was, yeah, 32nd, 30. That's before it was 12 at the half. Our biggest lead was 14. So right before the end of the first half, you could take X out for Trey, just anything, give him that extra little bit. And they'll just say, you know what, you know, half times 20 minutes, that's enough for media timeouts. It's enough. It's really not. And they're, it's showing for sure with him, but yeah, Jaren Kennard, you know, seeing stuff from those guys in this whole game was, which by the way, they're just continuing to be dogs of the game the way that they play. You know, Troy is, those guys are role players and bench players that come in and do their thing. Troy, like, even with his struggles he's expected to be great that's why you know we maybe should have put him in the same conversations that we thought at one point with AJ and X because these guys are expected to do good that they're kind of not that maybe not as much to be dog of the game but it's these guys and Kennard wasn't relying on his threes he was beating guys to the rim jab stepping hop stepping to the rim finishing like big time non-freshman moves and then Jarrett was slipping screens and getting easy dunks. so it's Doing the things you know you do well, and it was working again. The Jared slips is why X had as many assists as he did. Those guys definitely just changed the whole part of the game. We still allowed Murray to shoot fifty percent from the field and fifty three in the second half. Even obviously when they were manning this comeback, we knew the lead wasn't safe. A lot of people were contributing. We were letting Jacoby get to his spots. We were letting you know Sean Walker score a little bit. I mean, even J- Justin Morgan, who you know all the six points. I just remember because I was leaning over to you and saying like, you know, we again, it's the side of you let the role players beat you or the best players beat you. And Rob Perry didn't do much in this game uh, at all. Jacoby did fine. Quincy had a way better game than he had in the last one. But Jeremy Morgan, he was not only stealing balls off the inbounds, there was a bad throw that X tried to make to Scotty that was near like where Steve Prohm was standing against the sideline that you tried to force. Morgan got that steal, went coast to coast, and he had a couple – other moves where he would just easily get to the rim. And it's like, man, you just – those those are the kind of plays that are going to matter at some point. They played their backup center, all that stuff. And, I mean, Nick Ellington, you know, broke out in the, in the second half and stuff too. So, it's like, of course, we're letting the foot off the gas. But, no, your second half thoughts, because obviously when they remain in the comeback, we were not confident at all. It led to a couple huge plays and even fast-forwarding to the end of the game whenever uh, – you know, talk about when it, when it was tied – what kind of plays we needed. Murray, you know, had the ball around a minute left when it was tied and there were some big plays by the aforementioned Kennard and Jarrett that really sealed the deal. And again, both of them doing, Kennard did more of what, you know, his great things in the first half, he made free throws in the second half, but Jarrett continued to do the stuff that we've been seeing from him. That's really been able to close games and that they did Noah. They finished this game off, uh, Take us take us through here the final stretches because there were some massive massive more clutch moments.
1: Yeah, we allowed them. I mean, X allowed them really to get in that turnovers and just bad shots. He's been taking. He's starting to do it more often. It's starting to be a little concerning, but we expect him to bounce back. But big time plays um, by Jarrett. I mean, getting layups then canard i mean a defensive play by jarrett with a block canard getting the rebound didn't score to those final free throws um right before that uh block um was the an out-of-bounds play they drew up after a timeout and jacoby wood got a wide open three-point corner shot um could have taken the lead he missed it so canard sinks two free throws um and we still we don't foul up three and but jarrett Gets the gets the rebound and gets two more free throws attempts, puts us up four. And I think Jacoby Mood missed a layup at the end there. But um just big time plays um by the guys that are just continuing to grow. Obviously, Kennard continue to grow as a as a freshman. I mean, he's gonna continue to play big minutes down the stretch here and potentially be in closing lineup. So um he's starting to grow. And I I was talking to I was talking to somebody the other day, it wasn't you, but just talking about the you see the freshmen around the league that you see they're all growing in our own eyes and they're starting to step up. Um, Obviously, Kinziger for Illinois State. Overton had a big game for Drake the other day. Um, You see the Birches and the Atlases of the World for Bradley doing little things here and there. Then you see Jared, who didn't get a lot of time at Cincinnati because of injury and stuff like that. Um, just taking forever and it's taken missed first part of the season cause he needed a waiver, but he finally starting to get more playing time, getting in a groove. And it shows you that he's getting back in the swing of things and can be a valuable asset, not only for the rest of this season, but next year on next year's team as well. So, um, those two stepping up big time, but Troy being big in that first half, um, then those two couple guys finishing it down the stretch i mean x finishes one of 12 one of six from three that's four four from the line you mentioned earlier the eight turnovers it's he had five steals he had those five steals in the first half so he got four fouls as well so got a little bit of foul trouble him and jarrett and scotty had three but other than that i mean bench points 23 to 10 in our favor i mean only playing two guys on the bench and we get 27 or 23 bench points is big time
0: No doubt. And again, when,
1: yeah, when you're only
0: playing two guys to be able to do that, I mean, Jarrett for sure exploded offensively. The slips just, you know, they were allowing him to get to his left, to his right shoulder and finish with ease, you know, and, you know, he hit a top of the key three, you know, his only missed three was around the same kind of shot. And that's whenever nothing was falling for us in the second half. But, you know, people, we remember, I mean, Jarrett was a top 150 prospect. We've said that already. And he's shown his talent, uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, of course, if you're so tied to Wes Miller, you're going to follow him certain places, but definitely the injuries. I mean, he went to link prep Academy and not, not Academy, the prep team, the prep side, because we're recruiting guys that are on that team, not, you know, we're too small to be recruiting guys on the other side of link but he was there. They posted about him recently. So, you know, we know the town is there. And again, it's, it's his, just uh, his size, his stature that matters. Not only, you know, initially thinking at the start of the season, what it could be offensively, but, you know, of course it's always known what he can do defensively. And he plays, you know, decent straight up, you know, defense. And even a part of the second half, which was a shocking thing was, I think it was Rob Perry who went to the rim or maybe I think it was Quincy and Jared, you know, was going straight up, but he was hovered over him. I'm honestly surprised he didn't foul out, you know, get his fifth foul at that point right there. And then we wouldn't even have had him for that for these down the stretch moments. And, um, uh, you know, on defense, it's crazy the ground he covers because he'd be covered on a guy like the elbow, not quite elbow, like short corner between the short corner and elbow, and he'd, you know, and he'd uh, cover ground to block these shots. You know, Swope was right behind him. This one on Quincy, he was coming at it like a diagonal angle and <clears throat> blocked it with enough force for us to get the rebound. Just again, yes, yeah, massive. And, and then he does that, and on the offensive end, where X actually. Appears he's open for a layup, goes to try to finish and you know, tries to draw the foul, you know, falls to the ground. And Jarrett just gets the rebound and finishes. It. And he said after the game on the post game, he's, he said he wanted to dunk it. But it's like, no, just finish this. And massive, massive, you know, offensive rebound and score. He even said, you know, because I asked him what the, the moment he was most proud of in the game. And he said setting the off screen for Trent for a three because he said he'd been messing up that play. Uh, so of course that's the kind of guy that he is and he, that he really means that when he says it, cause he shows so much emotion when he makes a lot of these plays and just, you know, it's perfect for him because they were even being honest with him on the radio. And he was saying like, you know, no offense, but you know, you weren't, I wasn't meaning this disrespectful, but Jerry, you know, you haven't played your best since you started, you know, you had this rough stretcher and he acknowledged and agreed to it. And of course, you know, seeing him play at this point and at this level is obviously what we need. Again, not only if Clarence missing and you need the depth of big, but just overall, you know, again, there were stretches where Jarrett was going to play two minutes in a game throughout, you know, games ago in the conference. And now that he's playing even more with or without Clarence, and he's showing exactly what we, what we knew he could be. And he's blowing out of the water, of course, the other transfers we had coming in here. And at least we had one we can hang our hat on and being confident in. But we know the others could play and do well as well. Um, I mean, Trent had some big threes. I mean, yeah, Troy four of eight, you know, he can, he only had one turnover and it was whenever he dribbled the ball off his foot. Other than that, he's had one turnover the last two games and scoring like 35 points. So Troy's officially playing his best, even seeming, you know, seeming to be wore down as well, as you said. And, you know, Troy's also at his best when he's not relying on threes and he's driving and using his size and penetrating and getting layups that worked for him as well in this game too. So obviously a, you know, a good game in that aspect, just seeing the, you know, the, the shooting, you know, um we shot nine more times than they did in the first half they had you know or yeah the first half you know they had a lot of they had 10 turnovers in the first half so that bleeds into that and they had we only had shot 24 times in the second they shot 32 so a nine difference in the first eight difference in the second and that's why it shows you to be as close of a game as it was and no even on the Jacoby wood shot that you said they had perfectly drawn up to get that look he was kind of fading in the corner. Luckily, he missed it. I mean, Ellington got the rebound and missed the putback. And that required Kennard to get the rebound and make those free throws. But, again, the free throw shooting for this team continues to be a plus. There was probably a stretch where it was kind of bad, but, you know, or you know, worse than it should have been. But now they're making them. And, again, that factors into the clutch plays as well. Uh, so, overall, obviously a, a great finish. There was no uh, – they were tarping off the field, you know, for the fans to not run out there like they were – you know – uh flashing back to the last game but this game didn't have the the uh you know the guys that are warranted fighting perhaps dj burns and clarence they weren't here so i don't think we we're going to get that anymore of course but you no know, overall obviously a massive win sweeping our regional rival uh and you know they had their moments they showed why they have talent but uh we got the job done your over your overall final thoughts if you have any more and then go ahead and dive into the uh, other games that because. We finally got some help, and that's why we sit alone in fourth place.
1: Yeah, obviously, big get another sweep. Um, gotta gotta take care of the teams, um, below you, and that's what we've done under Brian since he's been here. And we just got to figure out the other part about those teams above us. But yeah, a lot of games happening last week, um, in the valley. A lot of a lot of help. We've been waiting for it. Obviously, we didn't get it the week before. Um, uh, but all games at seven o'clock, which suck, but we got to keep track of them. Most of them, um, Belmont was on the road at Drake. Drake takes care of business. Tucker DeVries, 21 points for the Bulldogs in an 84 69 win. Um, he was five of 16 from the field. He was eight of eight from the free throw line. Um, gets his points from the line just like X does sometimes. Overton had 16, Wright had 18, Brody 14. Um, only six bench points for them, so they the lack of depth there continues to show. For them, they have bodies, but just not getting a lot of scoring. Isaiah Walker was great for Belmont off the bench, 12 points, 11 rebounds. Um, his best game of the year so far. Gillespie still good, 23 points for the Bruins. You and I was on the road at Illinois State. Redbirds stay hot. girl I mentioned him earlier. 21 points, eight and a 81-73 win for Illinois State. Um, just big time. Big time for the Redbirds. Another double double for Foster, uh, 18-14. Kendall Lewis had 17 and 10 in a with a double double. So big time another big time win to stay hot for the Redbirds. Heis had 20 for the Panthers to give us a little space. Um Little breathing room for that four spot. Evansville was on the road at UIC. The Flames win 88 79. Uh, Rivera was huge with 25 points. Hummer 20 for Evansville, not enough for them. Bradley on the road at Missouri State was a blowout, 86 62. Um, Missouri State did have everybody back, I think. So um, they just, we never know which Missouri State can show up. That's 11 11 for NJ Benson was big. Um, but for Bradley, Duke Dean, 35 points, 9 of 12 from 3. He's starting. He's, I think, uh, he'll probably be on the first team all conference the way he's starting to finish this season. Then Indiana State goes on the road, takes care of Valpo with Jason Kent back. Um, back in the lineup, but they, they did not have Isaiah Swope with a knee injury. And they came out the day after that. Um, he's going to require surgery on his knee after the season, but he should continue. He should be able to finish this season, so that's something to monitor with him. Um, not being all right the last, I'd say, two weeks, he hasn't looked himself, unable to knock down shots. Then a the look ahead to today's game. Then we're the solo game for tomorrow. Uh, at 5 o'clock or at 3 o'clock, Falpo on the road at Murray State. Expect Murray State to take care of business and – They'll move back up. They'll get to the nine and nine on the season. Um, Valpo will drop to two, two and sixteen. Murray State's favored by thirteen in that one. At five on the ESPNU, Missouri State's at Belmont. Belmont favored by six and a half. We'll see which Missouri State team shows up. Um, we could use some help there, obviously, to get more space between us. Drake on the road at U and I at five o'clock. Um, that should be the ESPNU game. I'm not sure why they chose that one, uh, the other one, but. Two-point road favorite for Drake. Need some help there watching Drake, see if they can stay alive and a chance for a regular season title. UIC on the road at Indiana State at seven. 15-point home favorites for the Trees. Then Illinois State on the road at Bradley and Carver, 13-point favorites. Uh, Definitely, if you could bet on Illinois teams, I'd take that plus 13 because Redbirds won three in a row. And, I mean, they went on the road and I know – playing in Carver's different, but they went in the Holman a sold out Holman Center and won um by 13 against Indiana State. So that's some something to keep your eye on, those late games, um, then we're the only game tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And even going back to the game before that winning streak, they could have beat us. You know, they had it I think Peden is always or somebody is always I think it was probably Baker and of the arts just saying how going back to that second half against us, that's kind of where this run started for them. And um you know, I, I definitely wouldn't rule them out at all in that game. And the fact that they came through so big at home against Northern Iowa, where Malachi pointed extra breaks out or that was previous games, but these guys have been shooting better. I mean, Kinzinger, yeah, back in the twenties, but they're shooting better from three. Uh, no telling, you know, I think they broke a program record with like 18 threes or something. I might be thinking of somebody else. I just remember somebody mentioning it. And that's why Malachi had 27 in one of the recent games, was for that reason alone, but that was just a huge, huge game. And, yes, Drake coming through as well, continuing the home winning streak. Um, And you mentioned Swope not playing. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. I mean, even with you factoring in that Duke Dean could very well – he'll easily be on the second team and could very well pass Swope for the – on the first because even Swope's teammate Conwell has been putting up a good case for it as well. Hasn't been like you know overly exploding – you know there's you know our game he relied on free throws to fully like be his scoring and then this game he the previous game only had 15 so dude, Dean for sure is making a run for that uh so we'll, yeah that's something to monitor in Indiana and not only do they deal with you know Kent and his concussion they didn't like fall off in standings you know it obviously their, their broader scope it hurt in those in that two game losing streak but he's back but now you got an ailing slope it's something to keep an eye on obviously going into St. Louis and the fact that Donovan Clay didn't even score for Missouri State just showed they kind of gave up in that game. It's been going weird for Don lately. You know, at the Murray game was weird, and then this one not scoring in 30 minutes, kind of shocking. Uh, so you're right. We never know what kind of team we're going to get, but we'll be for sure hoping they can come through for us, even in Nashville this evening at 5. Looking forward to that. I, I, We can sprinkle money on that. I might sprinkle on a parlay later of plus 6.5 and, and just hope for that. Uh, and then, yeah, those those games should be should be switched. And so we are definitely Bears and uh, Bulldogs fans here at five. And Illinois State and Bradley should be fun as well. Maybe if they knock off Bradley on the road, that sets up us at them even the next game. It could be a fight for third. It could be even more fun after that. So as we said what the standings, are, we're alone in fourth place. Everything else pretty much stayed the same. I mean, Illinois State surpassed Missouri State and Murray in the standings. They're tied with Murray, Missouri State seven and ten. You and I and Belmont, of course, a game behind us. And then, uh, Net. I want to say we were around the – we are 105 right now. Northern Iowa is – you know, fell back a little bit. They're, I think, 19 back of us right now. Belmont's behind them still. Yeah, 124 for Northern Iowa. So, we still have that breathing room. in Net as well before that big game matched up with them uh, quickly. Uh, Marcus got his 2,000 point recently. You know, that was cool. We did it in a huge game recently. We know they lost to Heartbreakers since then, and they're currently playing as we speak. But, of course, 2000 for Marcus, the biggest accomplishment. Uh, we're up, like, around 51%, I want to say, for the fourth seed right now, according to Hackman's probabilities that came out later, a day later. Then there's a story on Trent Brown, reflecting on his SLU career that I just stumbled I stumbled upon earlier on the app. People can check that out if they want. I'm sure there's some great things in there. So, no, with all that being said – the lone matchup with the purple aces this is one that we've been wanting you know i say wanting just of course a team they're the only team we haven't played yet this year and uh, you know of course like we said it's in evansville we love going there it'll be fun but this ain't the same evansville team as we've known about in years past and they have played us so tough they did last year when they weren't very good and now they're way better and they're on a little skid but they're playing they'd have tons of talent we know about Ben Hummerkhouse. He is the top of the scouting report, but they're one of the deeper teams in the league. And, no, we know this game will not be easy one bit. They easily could beat us because they play so well in that gym. Let's talk about the Purple Aces for the first and only time in the regular season. Can't rule out anything else postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a team where it's going to be a, a very big crowd. Uh, it's a blackout for them. Um, they're 15-12 and 12 overall, and 10 of those wins are at home. So they're 10-3 and 3 at home. They're very good. I mean, you mentioned Hummerkaus. He's averaging 15 a game. Uh, Toomey's made a big jump. He's averaging almost 12 a game with about seven rebounds. Um, Strawbridge, he's he was third team all last year. He's averaging 10 points. He's taken kind of a step back. Um Chuck Bailey, they're a really good freshman. Um heard some things about him being unhappy this week, but he's not in the starting lineup. Um Gage Bobe starts over him. Then Antonio Thomas, everybody knows. Um transferred back into the valley from Kentucky Westland after he transferred from Bradley. Then Tanner Cuffs, really good. Josh Hughes, a backup big man, is a freshman. Cam Hafner, really good shooter coming off the bench. Uh, makes some starts sometime. So this is a team that, yeah, it's different than what we've seen last couple of years. And now Raglan has this team kind of headed in the right direction where they want to be. So really good. Really good team, really good home team, good environment they've had all year long there. So um, it's going to be a good one if I were to go to the dog of the game. Um, I'm going to go with Jared Hensley. I think you could see him start in this one. Um, they really don't, outside of Josh Hughes, they bring out the bench. They kind of, they don't have a, a natural five man. So I think it could be a good matchup if you start Hensley and uh, he could either guard hummer or He'll be just fine on Toomey and vice versa with Troy. Then you could switch one through five there like we want to do. So I think Jarrett continue to make his first start for us and be a huge one because I think this is a good matchup where I like his length on a Toomey or Hummerkhouse. Toomey gave us fits last year, and Hummerkhouse is a different
0: animal. He's unlike really anybody in the league at that size and that kind of shooting. We know guys can do it, but – him coming from NAIA and doing what he's doing is really incredible. They missed him throughout this season. It stinks that he's been hurt because he'd be on an all valley team. Can't rule out anything, I guess. Still, you know, he's still, you know, he just doesn't have the games to match up with everybody else. That's why he won't. But even newcomer, you know, he could very well be on still a newcomer list. He's got eligibility for another year as well. So he's a problem. And like I said, top of the scouting point report, it's a big game for Troy. But again, they're deep. You mentioned that. We've been, you know, watching their games throughout the year. Antonio Thomas has been solid. Cuff's been solid. As you said, the uh, frustrated perhaps Chuck Bailey, four-star guy that, you know, at this halfway point, we were doing our picks and picking him for all bench and maybe even sixth man of the year, potentially he was up for that. He's cooled off just a tad. I guess that's with Ben's return. But yeah, Strawbridge is still his good defensive self. Make him shoot. You know, if he lives in the mid-range, gets to the rim. That's where he thrives. And, again, Toomey's going to work hard. Bob gave us problems last year. They have Hafner. They have Hughes. All the guys you've said, They're like I said, they're about as deep as what Northern Iowa probably is. I'd say they're the two deepest teams in the league. And that's because we aren't deep as well. So it's, you know, picking the same guys for dog of the game. They can, you know, they get the best of it. So we get in foul trouble again. Who knows? So I think this is a game we could see Trey, RJ, or – I'd see those two before Yo Bomb, but just you know, you just never know with with depth like this. And I think I'm gonna go with AJ for dog of the game because I wanna pick Kennard to match up with Chuck off the bench. But since AJ's starting and he's got Strawbridge or Thomas, whatever the matchups would be, I think AJ's gotta come up big and look to score and just be aggressive, play good defense and it easily could be Troy with that Hummercast matchup. So Everybody's going to have to, when they're watching or they're able to go to this game, keep an eye on Hummercouts. He'll honestly blow you away at some points what he'll do. So, you know, it's crazy. It just shows you. You can go to any level, come and get guys that make extraordinary impacts at this level. You don't have to be specific with who you get. We, that's a whole thing we've conversations we've had over the years. You can get anybody. Um, so, and he's proven that. And, yes, as you said, blackout, they're really good at home. Uh, It'll be fun. We'll be going with a couple buddies, and we'll go for this one o'clock game and have our typical whatever over in Evansville. We always enjoy going. And a spread, I mean, could potentially we could be favorites, and I think it wouldn't be too high. I wouldn't think it would reach anywhere over five. And this game could get pretty dicey. So uh, we're excited for it. And again, a team that would like to play spoiler by the end of this because they're also playing for their own seeding down the way. So of course, it's a game we would like to win. Even with other tough matchups around the league, it's important to. Still gain this ground. You could be two games up on a Northern Iowa per se at the end of this one. So it's a very, very important game. We'll see if the dogs have more clutchness in not only in game, but in season and try to, again, beat these teams you know you should before it moves on. We got at Bradley coming up here soon. So it'll be fun. Hopefully everyone else shows up with us at Ford Center tomorrow at one o'clock. See everybody there. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Dogs need to keep it going. Two games left. After this, go Docs.